Um, Greg Laurie is on a crusade right now. However, as always, the Lord has provided, and the Lord has provided very well for us, in that we have just a fantastic speaker this morning. Uh, he has just um, really blessed us the last services, and he is the uh, senior pastor from Calvary Chapel, um, Montebello, and his name is Pastor Pancho Juarez. Please welcome him. I almost forgot. What up, Albuquerque? God bless you. Good to be here. A word from our sponsor, okay? Paul writing from prison. If you've never been in prison, hmm. For this reason, Paul says, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I pray that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be, number one, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Second, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Four elements that Paul prays for you and I that we may have as Christians. Paul is not writing to people that are in the world. Paul is not writing to unbelievers. Paul is writing to the believers to be strengthened with the inner man. Let us pray. Father, this morning, we come before you, come to the house of God. Many of us here are walking here, Father, wounded with a broken heart. Father, going through some difficult times, going through some physical maladies, some infirmities. Father, may you go before each and every one of us right now. We pray, Father, for the person in front of us and to the left, to the right and behind us. Only you know the private world. Only you know their station in life. You know the ups and downs. You know the head trips, the idiosyncrasies, the disappointments, the broken hearts. Father, only you know what's taking place. May you enrapture them right now in your love and comfort them with your word. We pray that you may speak to us, that you may enlighten us, that you may enable us, Father, to see the power of your Holy Spirit upon the church, upon the individual, and upon the church. Be with us now. As we thank you for this time, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse, with verse 14. I've entitled this message, Nourishing or Equipping the Inner Man. If there's an inner man, there must be an outer man. And that's exactly what Paul speaks about. As a believer... We have two natures. We have the old nature before you and I became Christians that is full of lust, full of perversion. And then we're born again, and thus you're born again. You have another nature, and Paul calls a new nature the new man who thirsts after righteousness. I went to the doctor uh, last week, and I was supposed to have surgery last Thursday or Friday. And I was about to cancel this. I never cancel, but I have to have surgery. But because there was an exploratory um, procedure done on me around six months ago, that saved me because they want to have exploratory surgery. 
But because I had something done that most men have at 50 years old, there were some photographs of that procedure. So the doctors were able to see it and conclude it. You don't need surgery. We can see here everything's okay. We're going to keep you on antibiotics. And so it was an experience for me because I've never been sick. I'm a very healthy man. I have no broken bones. I have really nothing. And so for me to go to the doctor, the doctor just shocked me. He says, you have high blood pressure. No, 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 no. I'm just a little nervous with you. Just like I, I I'm, you know, I've been a Christian for 30 years, but every time a black and white gets behind me, it's like I still freak out. Hide it, hide it. Hide what? I ain't got nothing, dude. And so I still get nervous. And sometimes I do get stopped. And I say, why are you stopping me? He goes, you look nervous. I said, well, I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor, man. And I'm like, I'm cool, man. He goes, well, you look nervous. I am nervous. Just let me go, man. And so when I go into the doctor's office, I still get nervous. And my high blood pressure goes up. And once they take it again, I'm okay. So he says, take it again, take it again. And they took it again. He says, nope, you have high blood pressure, man. And it's like I couldn't believe it. I said, wait a minute. The guy says, you're 53 years old. I know you guys are in shock. You're going, wow, 53? <laughs> yeah, I was in shock. He says, you're 53, sir. And I said, what is that supposed to mean? Well, it means that your body's degenerating. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what it means. Yeah. And then I thought what Paul was, when he was talking to the Corinthians, he says, our outward body is perishing day by day, but the inner man is growing also day by day. The inner man, the, the new me, Pancho, that's born again. And it's always fascinating to speak to some of these doctors because they have to have a health history. It never fails. Or when I go for an interview before I became a pastor, I've been a pastor 12 years. But every time I would go for a job interview, they have to have, you know, drug history. A medical doctor say uh, in the health interview, they says, have you ever um, taken any, any, no, have you ever smoked? What? Can you be more specific? <laughs> Have you ever smoked cigarettes? Yes. How many packs? Oh, a pack and a half. When did you stop? May 1975. Hmm. Have you ever smoked any recreational drugs? That's a new political term, recreational drugs. That's a new political word. It's not shacking up anymore. Are you cohabitating? See, we change the words. Or if you're a pervert, it's not a pervert anymore. It's a voyeur. Or if you, have a, if, you, if you mess around with someone else's wife, somebody else's husband, it's now called a rendezvous. Put a little French word and it's okay. But one thing that I'm getting upset in California, 7-Elevens, they want to change the name from burritos to breakfast wraps. That ain't going to happen. That's it. Oh, that's enough right there. That's enough. We're going too far now. Because, you know, we don't call people crackheads anymore. We call them chemical dependence. You know, it's, it's no longer abortion. It's a woman's right. So we're changing names. But when I went to a 7-Eleven, I said, hey, do you have any burritos? The guy says, no, with their accent, you know. I said, no, but we have breakfast wraps. Oh, man, I was looking for Ramona burritos. 
And he's still at Ramona's Ramona, you know what I mean? So I walk in the back of the dairy and sure enough, this Ramona with her sombrero. And I said, ah, man, there they are. And I went back. I said, dude, here they are. I thought you told me there was no burritos. And he said, no, those are breakfast wraps. And I go, don't you call them breakfast wraps. These are burritos, Holmes. These are burritos. And don't you forget about it. You're in East L.A. Don't be calling these breakfast wraps. These are burritos. So going back to the doctor, he says, have you ever used recreational drugs? I said, you mean like, you mean like illegal narcotics? He says, yes. Yes, I had. What? Everything. <laughs> Everything, including Freon, sir. <sighs> Are you still doing drugs? No, sir. When, is, when did it stop? May 1975. Have you ever drank like a fish? <laughs> when did it stop? 75? 75. They all asked me, what happened in 75? I said, sir, I had a transformation, sir. I know you may not understand that because you're educated. <laughs> but what am I saying? That I go over the line? Now listen, there's, there's a reason why I'm saying this to you, okay? Jesus will always finish his comments by saying this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It wasn't saying that some people had no ears. People had ears. See, Jesus was speaking to the heart. The heart of man. God never spoke to the intellect. And sometimes the intellect precludes us from coming to Christ. I will not believe until I see it with my own. Ah. When I'm speaking intellect... I'm speaking the intellect is educated to perceive things, to touch things, to feel things, to believe things. You cannot touch faith. You cannot touch the word soul. Where's the conscience? It's untouchable. And so I asked, told the doctor, 1975, sir, I had, a, I had a supernatural encounter with God. And they don't want to hear about it because they don't even have time for you, you know, let alone want to find out your testimony. <laughs> so I leave it at that. But for your sakes, because you don't even know who I am. I was here before you ever, something longer than you guys have. I was here when we had the first outreach. A skinny kid by the name of Skip was having a Bible study. And we came here with Dennis Agajanian and we had a concert. I did, I did the flyers for that concert back then. I did the flyers for that concert. I left and I come back. Lord have mercy. God is good. God is wonderful. So I want to give a little bit of who I am in, in, in relation to what Paul is praying for. In 1975, my girlfriend in 1974, who is now my wife of 30 years, and we've been together, same chick, for 35 years now. 35 years. Well, she left me. She became a Christian. I can't go in detail, but I spoke very fluidly. Uh, in depth last Saturday because because I had the time I have restraint times today but the Lord allowed me to witness desertion by my girlfriend she says I can't live with you no more I cannot I cannot hang around with you I'm a Christian now Ponch and I we you need Jesus and I said but I'm a Christian I was born a Christian I was baptized as a child I got my scapulary look at check it out 
you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. And I said, yeah, I was baptized, man. I went to the confirmation. Uh, you know, I'm not that good of a man, but you know, I, I went to the steps. You too, you went to parochial school, man. From birth, you went to parochial school all the way to high school. And now you're going to leave the traditional historical church? How dare you? Where are you going to go? You're going to go to church where they're going to sing in hallelujah. Is that what you're going to do? You're going to be an hallelujah from now on? Is that what you want to do? You know what? Go for it. So she left me. <laughs> left me. And then six months later, I see her. She's transformed. She's smiling. And I hated that smile. Because what she did, it was wrong what she did. And I said, there's no God that can forgive you for what you did. Just a little bit. She was pregnant with our child. I'm not a good man. But I said, I have a good moral fiber. At least I have responsibility. I went two jobs to work for her night and day. I slept four hours a day. So I can save money so we can have the child. I'll marry you. I'll give the baby a last name. I'm not like some flunkies. Not my baby. Oh, it's my baby. We'll work it out. But she was so pressured by family and so forth that she went and terminated the child. I couldn't forgive her. Said, get out of my sight. You're beautiful, you're sweet, but you don't love me. Get out of my sight. That drove her to despair. Came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And she told me, God has forgiven me. And I yelled back, God cannot forgive you of that, you murder. Get away from my face. Go back to your little cult. That was it. She left me. And I went back to my whirlpool, my whirlpool of despair and darkness. Six months later, I was worse. And she was smiling, radiant with her Bible. She goes, come to, a, come to a concert, Ponch. A concert? Yeah, all right. A rock concert? Yeah, it's a rock concert. But she didn't tell me what kind of rock. So I went to a church like this. And I was sitting there on the fourth row, right, right there with this gentleman with the pink shirt. Not pink, I'm sorry. With the big shirt. I was right there. Right in front. And they were singing... Songs, they were like, dude, but what's, what's odd about going to that church in Orange County, I'm from L.A. County. We're going to Orange County, surfer country, dude. What am I doing there? And, but I see the church, you have, you have homies over here. You have hippies over here. You got traditional people out here. You got people over there, they don't know how to dress. They, they don't have shoes on. Long hair and holly, holly. And I'm thinking, you, there's no way you can get all these people together unless they're high on something. <laughs> so the pastor came on, he began to share the, the word of God. Now I know the pastor moved left and right. You see, he looked all around like I'm doing right now. But he, it looked to me like he just kept looking like this. <laughs> and God said, because, and he was looking at me. I always remind myself of Roberta Flack's song. Killing me softly with his words. I told him to stop, but he just kept on strumming. Sharing my life to the world, sharing my world. And I told him to stop, but he kept killing me softly with his words. He was talking about me, and I turned to my ex-girlfriend. I said, that's cold shot. That's local speak for saying you're messed up. I said, how can you do that to me? How can you go talk trash about me? Boy, that dude, that dude's talking up. Look, he's looking at me, man. But he wasn't. And she just said, Pancho, it's the Holy Spirit. 
He's convicting you. Convicted me? The only word I heard conviction before is when you go to jail. You're, you're convicted. What do you mean convicted? No, just pay attention to what he's saying. So he kept talking. He talked about hell. He talked about condemnation. He talked about the, uh, the damnation of God and the judgment of God. And I'm thinking, me? I'm not afraid of hell. I just got back from Vietnam from, with the Marine Corps. I spent two years, nine months, 19 days, 20 hours in the Marine Corps. And I go back to East L.A. I'm already in hell. I've been back. I'm in hell again. Hell didn't scare me. What drew me to the Lord is the amazing love and grace and goodness of Jesus. That's what led me to the Lord. But one more thing. As he was looking at me, he said, perhaps your conscience is dirty. And you've been looking for something in your life. You've been trying to sap it with beer and liquor and wine and drugs. And you have guilt in your heart. And the only way that guilt can clean that is only the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He is looking at me. He says, if you want to receive Jesus, I want you to get up from your seat, come to the front. And I said to myself, no way. No way. No way. And I'm walking four steps. And I'm there. And I'm thinking, what am I doing? You know, this is not a macho thing to do. People are, you're telling people you're weak. You're weak. And around four of the girls joined me. And they were crying. Oh. I wasn't crying. I said, no, whatever. I'm just here trying to show a macho man. And then after receiving the Lord, I was serious with him. And they took us to a prayer room. And there's a surfer dude. I will never forget him. I hope I know who he is. But he had long blonde hair. He had, he had waraches on. Those beach waraches. And he said, dude, like your sins are forgiven, dude. <laughs> the Lord has cleansed you, man. Here's a little Bible for you, the Word of God. Read the book of John, dude. <laughs> that was it. Nothing happened to me. Within a week, it was Saturday night concert. I got saved. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, nothing happened. Sunday morning. I was at a park. I was at a park getting drunk, getting loaded like I used to do, playing percussion, conga drums at Griffith Park. Boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden, something happened. Something told me, you don't belong here. I didn't hear a voice, Poncho. <laughs> oh, is it Ponch? <laughs> no, I just heard inwardly, get out of here. I took my drums. I was drunk. All of a sudden, I'm sober. Sober. Can you ever experience that, drunkards? You're drunk, you're high, you're buzzing, and there's a dead stop. You're not buzzing anymore. And you say with a reality, with a, with a terror inside your heart, something's happening here, man. I'm freaking out, man. Get my drums. Where are you, where are you guys going? Where are you going, Holmes? I look at my friends. Guys have no teeth. They're all beat up. They're drunk. And I'm saying, whoa. I never knew how ugly you guys are. And I get in my car and I said, this is freaking me out, man. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to smoke me a joint, man, because this is freaking me out. And I'm lighting up a joint and I hear this voice again, throw it away. Dude, it's not even half smoked. I mean, I Volkswagen bug and I roll down my windows. This is crazy. I'm freaking out. I flick it. All of it. 
I'll go under my seat. It's a whole bag. And I said, what's happening, man? What is happening? I'm freaking out. And I'm dumping the bag in L.A., the freeway system. And a lot of dopers in the freeway. They're like, what are you doing? I said, I don't know, fool. I don't know. And I get home, and there's my mother. She's watering the lawn. And just like in the movies, I get out of my car, and in slow motion, I'm running to her. And I just, just bomb on her. Boom. And I grab her, and I bury my face in her bosom. And I begin to tell her, Mom, please forgive me. I am so sorry. I am so sorry for all the hell that I put you through. I am so sorry. Because she would tell me things like, You're going to send me to the grave. You see these hairs, they're gray because of you. Why can't you be like your brother? Why do you have to be like your father? And I said, I told you I was sorry, man. And I started crying and the neighbors came out because I was crying. Like I never cried before. Because I never cried. Never cried. An emotion that I hid inside of me. Don't cry. Why? Because my culture said, I'm a macho man. <sighs> what a lie. That thing hurts, man. And for the first time, I wept. I wept with that Robert De Niro kind of a... Oh, oh. And the neighbors came out. And I, I looked up at my mom, and my mom was mouthing this... Vietnam, Vietnam. <laughs> eh, nothing to Vietnam. I'm a non-combat veteran. No, it's not Vietnam. It's my head was messed up. And all of a sudden, I have a desire. I want to go to church. I want to read my Bible. I want to read a Bible. Something's happening. My mom couldn't understand this. She didn't understand it for 27 years. Even after I became a pastor, she come to our church and she says, Mijo, which means my son. Mijo. How come people come to the to, to church to listen to you? How come? I wouldn't come. Well, mom, the, the Lord made me a pastor. Yeah, but why you? I said, well, look, it says in 1 Corinthians, mom, that God chooses the dysfunctional things, the base things of life to prove that God is God. He chooses dysfunctional people like me. And she says, God's smart. Later on, I went up to my ex-girlfriend and she realized my change. And I asked her, hey, listen, you want to get hooked up? For real, slow? I will love you. I will cherish you. I will marry you. You know what? Because if you don't, you're going to lose a good thing. No, I didn't say that. But she's not here right now. She was in first, second, third story. She doesn't think she's here right now. I can say things like that. But we got married, we have five children, and then lo and behold, 12 years, ago, 12 years ago, I started a Bible study in our home, in our neighborhood. The Lord wanted us to move out of there, but the Lord brought us back to East L.A. And there we are, we've been doing it for 12 and a half years. We started with six people, now we're a church over 3,000 people. Amazing, amazing. The Lord, the Lord. But two years ago on a Sunday night, two years on a, on a Sunday night, I never do this. I come from a church where my pastor does it all the time, but I'm not that pastor. Two years ago, it was a Sunday night study. 
before, after the worship was over, I just felt in my spirit that people needed to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. They couldn't wait at the end. There was some prompting that God said, do it now, don't wait. So I said, before the Bible study starts, there's some people here that need the Lord Jesus Christ. You came looking for God and God has spoken to you. You're ready to receive the Lord. Whoever you are, I'd like to pray for you. Please stand up. With no close your eyes, just stand up. And around three non-Hispanics rose up in the back. I go, good, good. Just keep on standing. Good. See, the Lord was telling me, good. And then the ushers are going like this to me. They're pointing to my right, to their left. They said, what? And they look. And there was my little pruned out brown lady, my mom, 82 years old. She had her hand up. I said, mom? 27 years. I said, in Spanish, I said, you want to receive the Lord, mom? Si, mijo. I said, trip out. Okay. I said, you guys speak Spanish? Nope. Okay, well, you're going to receive the Lord in Spanish right now, okay? <laughs> and I led my mom to the Lord in Spanish. And the guys in the back, they, they will always tell you, I came to the Lord and I received the Lord in Spanish. <laughs> my mom, after 27 years, 27 years, Lord, came to the Lord Jesus Christ. She says, does that mean I have to be, you're my pastor from now on? That's right. <laughs> I said, but I will not beat you up like you beat me up. I'll take care of you, mom. She's born again now. Loves the Lord Jesus Christ. She's not afraid of dying anymore. That's related to the Lord. She realized that she was old and she was, she was afraid of death. Her religion, whatever she had, whatever she possessed, did nothing to give her the, the ability to have the hope to enter that threshold that we all must enter. The enter on the other side. And she was afraid of the other side without any assurance. And when once she found Jesus, she now tells me, my shepherd goes before me now. He will lead me into that place. What a comfort to know that my mom is safe and sound with the Lord right now. And so, the inner man, my mom is born again. She's considered a born again Christian. She's a baby Christian. Although she's 82, she's only been in the Lord two years. And her son has 28 years over her. And so she recognizes now the being born again experience. Now, once I was born again, I had a new nature. Pancho died in May 75. My desires, my wants, we were all distorted because the Bible says that the natural man, and what is a natural man? The natural man is a man or a woman who does not have God in their hearts or in their conscience. It says that the natural man cannot understand the things of God because they're foolish to him. When I used to read the Bible before I became a Christian, I said, oh man, what is, I don't get it, man. I don't know about you hallelujahs, I don't get it. I, don't, I can't get nothing in here. But the Bible says in that same paragraph that the spiritual man, who is a spiritual man, a man or a woman who has been born again, regenerated of the Holy Spirit, accept Christ as Lord and Savior, that spiritual person not only does love the Word, but is able to discern the Word of God and it makes sense to us. So the new man, born again, has different appetites. To read God's Word, to pray and have communion with God, to have fellowship with God, and to abide in God, and to have the assurance of God. The new man is growing day by day. Anything that grows, moves. Anything that grows and moves, matures. Anything that matures, grows and moves, must be fed. Paul the Apostle, in all his, his epistle letters, he, when his prayers, he never prays for the physical, material needs. Never. He always prays for the benefit and the welfare of the inner man. So Paul here prays for four things, and they interconnect with one another. They basically, they, 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 they lead into the next one. First he says, number one, I pray 
that you may be strengthened with God's might through the Holy Spirit for your inner man. Having done that, I pray that Jesus Christ may dwell in your heart, the seed of our emotions, and that through Jesus living in your heart, you may be able to apprehend two Latin words, which means to get a hold of. What we say, ah, I get it, I got it, to apprehend, to grasp it, and then to experience the goodness of God or the fullness of God. You cannot experience the fullness of God without apprehending the love of God, without Jesus dwelling and residing as the governor in your heart. And you cannot do it with the inner man being weak. The inner man must be strengthened. What do you mean strengthened? Well, see the inner man, he's speaking to the inner person, not you. See, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I've come to give you rest and rest for your what? Say it loud, Bible students. Your souls. See, Jesus was not speaking to the physical realm. He was speaking about the spiritual realm. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Duh. You mean I have to go back into my mother's womb? And I can see Jesus cracking up. Nikki, 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 Nikki. You are a priest and you don't know what I'm talking about? He says, I'm talking about spiritual things. And if you don't understand, not even the, the earthly things, how are you going to apprehend the spiritual things? Peace I give unto you, he says. But not like the world do I give you peace. He said, his peace is not like the world's. What is the, what is the definition of peace for the world? The absence of conflict. But she said, it's not that. But he doesn't explain what the peace is all about until you get to Philippians chapter 4 where Paul says, and he gives a definition. He says, don't worry about nothing, but pray about everything. Let your supplications, your thanksgiving, your prayers, with, and, and with thanksgiving unto God. Here it is. And the peace of God that passes all what? Understanding. What does that mean? You cannot intellectualize it. You cannot figure it out. You cannot concoct it. You just experience it as the peace of God is not like the world gives. But this peace is not only supernatural, but what it does is really fantastic. The peace of God, Paul says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your mind and your heart. Ah, when we go through a broken relationship, what's affected? The heart. When we're worried about something, when we're going through some confusion, it's our mind. We go out of our mind. I have a broken heart. Oh, I have a heavy heart. Oh, I have just a confused heart. Oh, I just have a messed up valve. The heart, the seat of all our emotions. This is why when we go through situations in this world, it's not the outward man that responds, it's the inner man. Jesus was concerned with the inner man. And so was Paul. He says, kill the old man. Don't feed the old nature. You see, if you are born again, you cannot do the same things you used to do before because you're feeding the old man. And you strengthen the old man. And the old man dominates you. The old man dictates to you. The old man governs your life. You still do things from the world that you shouldn't be. And you know it. Because you're not governed by the inner man. Your inner man is weak. Food... Food. No, no, no. Direct TV. A DVD for the old man. Here we go. 
And the, and the new man says, please read something to me. Go to church, do something. A man went and bought a parrot for his wife. Oh, he was whistling. Oh, that, that parrot, my wife, she's kind of bummed out right now. A little bird like that would help her. Bought the parrot, came home, and honey, here it is. Two days later, he went back to the pet store. He goes, hey, dude, he's not singing anymore. He said, did, did you buy him a swing? No. Well, Paris likes swings. Man, get him a swing, man. In no time, you'll be whistling. Bought the swing. And two days later, he goes, dude, it ain't singing. Did you get him a mirror? I didn't get no mirror. Oh, they like to see themselves. When they see themselves, they start dancing. <laughs> well, get him a mirror. Two days later, he come back. He says, dude, he's not whistling, not singing. Listen, did you get him a bell? They love the bell. When you ring his bell, man, he's excited. Just put him a bell. Got him the bell. Two days later, he was bummed out. He came back and told the pet, stop, the pet shop owner he died. The pet shop owner said, dude, no. Did he say anything before he died? Yes. In a weak voice, the parrot said, do they sell any food at the pet store? <laughs> See, when you and I pray, when you and I pray, if you're honest with me, when's the last time, and maybe some of you, but when's the last time you said, Father, I pray that you change my behavior. I pray that you make me a better husband. Father, I don't know how to say I'm sorry. It's my fault. I was wrong. I don't know how to say that. My pride destroying me and my family. How many of you can say, Lord, I'm still dealing in willing and business that compromises my faith. Lord, I don't want to do that anymore. How many of you really pray that God may strengthen the inner man? Isn't it the other way around? Oh, Lord, I need this. I need, I need to get that house. Oh, Lord, that's the hookup. She's fine. She's mine. You know that. Oh, Lord... I pray, Lord, that the color will be black of my car. Oh, Lord, I pray. You're asking always for material things. We might as well play the theme of I love Jeannie behind your prayer. And do the little nose thing. Because we treat God as a genie to help me in the material, physical world. But Paul says, no. See, Jesus spoke to us. He said, for your heavenly Father knows what you have need of. He gave us a priority, but seek the kingdom of God first and all his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. Paul the Apostle says, I pray that you may be strengthened with might, his might, through the agency, through the power, through the office and through the power of the Holy Spirit for strength. It's not muscular mass. It's not body mass. It has nothing to do with visa master charge power. It has nothing to do with political power. It has nothing to do with hookup power. It has everything to do with a supernatural phenomena that Jesus spoke about in Acts chapter 118. He says, the power will come on high. That kind of power is called dunamis. But we get the word dynamite, dynam dynamic. It is the power that God that God causes you when you encounter situations that through God, by God, and with God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to cheer up in spite of the pain and the anguish that you're going through in your life. What does that mean? Well, Jesus said, in this world, you will have what? Tribulations. And then he gets all British on us. But be of good cheer. 
Have you ever heard that word in English language? At least you don't hear it here in New Mexico. I don't hear that word. Would you like chili red? Cheer, cheer up. No. But when I went to England, I was in England around three years, three, three weeks ago. And you, they used that word. Oh, well, cheer you. Uh, uh. <laughs> but Jesus, because the, the, the old English was written in the old English. Jesus said, he says, in this world, you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer. Why? Because you have plastic money? No. Because you got the hookup? No. Because you have your youth? No. Jesus said, because I, Jesus, have overcome the world. You see, when we encounter difficulties in life, it's not muscle power. It's the, the internal institution that makes us children of God. As Paul said, the power of God... The power of God upon you during weakness, become, you become strong. My wife and I, we've gone through so many situations. But three years ago, we walk into the room, the medical room. Something was wrong. Something was going on with her life. She was lobbering. She was falling down on me. One time we opened the door. We went to go out and eat over there in Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena. And I opened the door. She just lit up and fell. And I was cracking up. I said, well, are you all right, man? That was cool. I should do that. I didn't, dummy. I fell. What do you mean you fell? I fell. You okay? We were walking and you fall again. And so after several, several clinical examinations, finally someone said, your wife has um, lymphoma meningitis. Cancer of the brain. And then he walks away. Left us alone there. And we just couldn't believe it. What do you mean, cancer? And my, my, my reaction was like, Lord, I serve you, man. I give up my life for you. I've been with you for 28 years, man. I tithe. Check my records. <laughs> we serve you. And that was my initial response. But I, I know too much. I know what he says. All things work for good for those who call of God and believe in God. And I trusted that. My wife began to cry. I just embraced her. I said, Toots, I'm with you all the way. So God partially healed her. What does that mean? You see, if you would have taken her home, she would have been completely healed. But God said, Ah, I want to mess with you, Pancho, for the rest of your living life. I'm going to give it back to you. <laughs> I can tell you now that they opened her brain up. They put a shunt in there, a reservoir, and they were, they were introducing the chemo right straight to her brain. My wife was bald-headed because of the steroids. She had a moon face. She couldn't walk. And in her weak voice, I remember telling, telling me, Poncho, do you love me? I said, Toots, let me tell you something. I said... I will always love you. So you see this? This is my commitment to you. In good times and bad times. Oh, Poncho, what a wonderful man you are. No, it's not Poncho. It's the new Poncho in Christ that causes me to submit myself unto the Lord, not to be afraid. There's more episodes in our life. I know they're going to come. I'm wondering, are you ready? 
Are you ready? Or are you going to depend on the outer man? I can do it. I can handle it. I got muscle power. I got, I got coin. No. There are situations in life that none of those things can help you. Only the strength of God. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Paul prays for you and I. I pray that you may be strengthened with this might in the inner man, the new you. I pray that Jesus Christ may dwell in your heart. Why? Because that way you won't need any bracelets to tell you what would Jesus do. That's dumb. I'll tell you what. You know what? What would Jesus do? Oh, God bless you. I need, I need a bracelet. Let me know what Jesus do. When you have Jesus living in your heart, that's why when we say, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of, the, of God. You rose raised from the dead. I ask you to come into my what? My heart. Jesus said, I stand at the door of your what? Of your heart. For Jesus said out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The heart. Without the consciousness of God, without God's presence, the heart is a broken heart. Doing whatever it pleases, doing the wrong choices, making the wrong choices and living that desperate, desperate life. When Christ comes into your heart, He becomes the governor. The heart is the seat of all our emotions, the seat of our will. And whatever we do, it brings honor to God because He is monitoring us. He is guiding us. He is governing. He is harnessing us. And once He dwells in us, we will be able to understand and contemplate and apprehend the width and the height and the length of the measurement of love. Having been rooted and grounded. Though one is an architectural term and the other one is an agricultural term. The agriculture, deep, deep, deep roots. And then the architectural foundation that you may be, that you may be rooted and grounded. A good foundation. So when things come against you, your foundation is, I know that God loves me no matter what I'm going through. I'm going through cancer. I'm going through this problem. God is the center of my life. And that's what happens. And once you have that, you will experience the fullness of God. Pastor, what is the fullness of God? I don't really know. But I have an idea. I do know that when I go to a restaurant and I stuff myself, I stuff myself when the lady comes out, the waitress says, says, would you like something else? How about a dessert? You go, oh no. I'm already full. I'm full. You see, I'm content already. And I believe it's a state of contentment, having the fullness of God. Where at the end of the day, you can feel a satisfaction. At the end of the night, before you go to bed, you can say, day accomplished. There's a purpose. I feel complete. I feel accomplished. How many people go to bed saying, oh God, this day was horrible. And I'm not looking forward for tomorrow. Because they don't have the peace of God. So today... May you go and pray to God that He may strengthen you in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, and that you may apprehend with the rest of the Christians the, the depth of Christ's love, and that you experience the abundance and the goodness of God. I'm reminded of a blind man in Jericho. He heard that Jesus, see the blind man here very well, and he heard that Jesus was passing by. And homeboy said, who who's passing by? And they said, Jesus. And he got up and he said, Jesus, son of David. The Bible says he yelled. He yelled so much that the disciples told the blind man to shut his mouth. Shut up. And the Bible says that he yelled louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. And Jesus stops. 
go call that man. And they go get him. Hey, the master wants to, wants to talk to you, you screamer. Come over here. <laughs> and I can see the blind man going up to him. And then, this is comical. This is comical. Here's Jesus saying, what do you want me to do for you? I'm thinking, Jesus is blind. What do you think? What do you think he's asking you? He wants your autograph? Jesus, he's blind. But see, Jesus wanted him to articulate with his own mouth. What do you want me to do? He says, I want to see. Touched him. The Bible says, immediately. Immediately. Yes, miracles still happen today. You know that. But the doctors in your chart, they're not going to put in there, oh, he went to Calvary Chapel, Albuquerque, and he got healed. They're not going to put that in there. You know what they're going to put in there? Instantaneous resolution. That's the medical terminology like God took care of business. Instantaneous resolution. Now, why would Jesus ask, what do you want? Didn't Jesus have the knowledge? He's able to determine the, the people's hearts. He didn't know he was blind. No, he knew. But he wanted to hear the man. Do you want to see? I want to see. In salvation, is the same way. No one can force you, man. No one can force you. Only the Holy Spirit. And I quote what my girlfriend said back then. The Holy Spirit convicting you. I say the same thing to you today. The Holy Spirit is talking to some of you. Now, I don't have restraints like I did the first and second service. Time restraints. I'm going to ask for you, if you're not a Christian, for you to make that decision today. This could be your May 1975 for you. A couple I met yesterday, I won't give you their names. They came in here, they've been living together for several years. Boyfriend and girlfriend, they have children. And I just went up to him. He was bigger than me. He could have knocked me out if he wanted to. I just told, I went up to him. You're born again? Nope. You want to be born again? Yes. Right now. Boom. Receive the Lord right here, man. Just came up. Humble himself. Only God can do that. Today. Today. Could be your 1975 for you. The only thing will preclude you from coming out here is your pride. I ain't going to get up there, man. Pride has destroyed your life for years. Don't let it destroy it now. You have a boyfriend, you have a girlfriend, they're holding on to you. Let them go and do what my wife did. You know what? Our relationship is not fruitful. This bald-headed dude is talking to us right now. And God is speaking through him. And so it is. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here right now. I'm going to ask each and every one of you to stand to our feet. As we sing this song, if you hear this morning or afternoon now, I don't know if anyone here is saved or not. This is not my church. I don't know you. But God has spoken to you. Today is that day where God is going to forgive you of all your sin, of all your shame, of all your fractures, of all your embarrassment. Some of you don't have a monkey in your back. You have a gorilla. It's no longer a monkey. That gorilla has you down. Today, that gorilla can be knocked down through Jesus Christ. When people ask me about my alcoholism, you know, you went to a 12th step? I said, no. I went to a 4th step. What is that? It took 4 steps for me to get from my chair to the altar. 4 steps.
soul. As we sing this song, you want to come up? You come up uh, and come up here and we'll pray together for you to receive the Lord. But don't walk away. Come on, your friends will wait for you. Even up there, man, we'll wait for you. As we sing this song, you come up. If you're here in the hub and you're going to make a decision for Christ, I will escort you next door. So if you're here in the hub, please feel free to come down right here next to the doors and we'll walk next door. church or a religion you're having a relationship with Jesus Christ you're telling him that you're in need of him that you're a sinner the Bible says he does not listen to sinners the only prayer of a sinner is the sinner of repentance and once you repent the Bible says check this out man this is your guilt you're guilty this is your rap sheet man in 30 seconds from now this is your rap sheet in Christ Jesus nothing Nothing. Nothing. So, would you please pray this prayer with me out loud? Very simple prayer. Repeat after me. Very simple. Dear Jesus, I repent of my sin. Forgive me. Come into my heart, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior, and as my friend. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me a new heart, a new mind, and a clean conscience. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There's a guy over there with long hair. <laughs> oh, over here. There's a guy with long blonde hair with waraches. He'll give you a Bible for free. Welcome to the family of God. God bless you all. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.